Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, a legacy member of the Jittery Monkey Podcast family, and a proud member, proud to be affiliated with the SB Nation Podcast Network. Over 320 different SB Nation sites. Find one that you like uh, besides CornNation. If you follow other teams or other leagues, pro wrestling. SB Nation kind of has it all. My name is Greg Mahochko. I'm flanked by the other two legs of the tripod. Hoss Reuter to my right and to my left, John Dam Johnston. Hoss, how are you, man? How's how's life been for you in the last week or so? That's been pretty nondescript. I'm just ready for summer to get over with. Most overrated season in a calendar year. Agree to disagree. John? It, it, it's boring. Why? It's hot. You see, I, I would still take summer with the heat over the the period from January 2nd to the end of March. I could do without the cold. That's just me. Yeah, after football season gets over until the hit spring, it's kind of, I'd say that's pretty tough. See, Winters in Minnesota get very long and very cold. And very depressing. I know a lot of people that have seasonal depression. Like, I mean, February, it gets freezing, freezing cold, and the sun doesn't come out, and then you're depressed and upset. Anyway. I like winter up until the Super Bowl ends. You know, after that, it's like, all right, let's get this over with. But So you don't like winter. You just like football season. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, here's like my mindset with summer. It's enjoyable until the 4th of July. And then it's, hey, let's get this shit over with. Because I want football. I want cooler weather. In the wintertime, it's like you got football, you got the holidays. But once, you know, the holidays and football are over with, all right, let's get some nicer spring weather. To me, high humidity and high air temps, there's nothing enjoyable about that. It's been nasty. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, John, you were in Nebraska last weekend. Saturday felt pretty bearable and it was still 101 yeah you know what i don't know about the bearable part i every time thursday and friday that's for damn sure well that's probably true i wasn't here then or wasn't oh, there then i wasn't anywhere yeah let's thursday talk about friday that were defcon one swamp ass advisory days john you uh took a trip south and, and in doing so met up with the, a lot of the coordination gang what what happened how since i'm in illinois and and since I was actually in north, uh, northern part of Illinois uh, over the weekend, uh, what did I miss? What? Tell me a little bit about the shindig. Was it a shindig or a hootenanny? No, it wasn't either, really. Oh, okay. I, you know what? Here's the thing. My sister has this house out in the middle of the country, about 20 miles south of Omaha. I didn't have any coverage on my cell phone. I didn't have any coverage for the Internet. It was unbelievable how lost you are when your life centers around a cell phone and connecting to people. And so apparently I thought I told everybody what time to show up. And then (laughs) when I looked at the Slack room later, uh, they were all asking, when are we supposed to show up and what's the directions? And I thought I'd given everybody the address. So Evan showed up and Andy showed up and that was it. So it wasn't a shindig or a hootenanny. It was a three-way. Not really. No, no. You guys I, really- I literally had to sit out on the country road next to my sister's house, and Andy Ketterson drove up and saw me there. So did you guys, like, drink a bottle of whiskey, play with some shotguns, field dress a cat? We didn't. No, we didn't really do that much <laughs> except sit around and talk. And then Sunday I actually went to a charity event for the Project Harmony uh, Josh Banderas was there. Brandon Riley was there. Uh, our new guy, Jim Shiel, was there, or Jimmy Shiel. I'm still not sure what he's going to go by. But uh, again, I it was really, I didn't have cell phone. Like I said, 
we're, we're living on our cell phones, right? We live attached to our cell phones, and that's our first news item. See how good a segue that is? Mm-hmm. When Pat's, mm-hmm. Pat Fitzgerald last week at Big Ten Media Days said that people aren't coming to football games because they're all looking at their phones. People aren't going to football games because Ryan Field has the same basic infrastructure that did probably in 1944. And there's about a thousand other things to do in Chicago. Yeah, but college football attendance is down across the nation. It's down across the nation, but you're still good at, like, people are still going to show up if it's what they want to do. Like, it's just what people, it's just what choice people want to make. Um, if it's Nebraska, Indiana, the last Saturday in October, and someone, you know, offers me tickets for it, that's a game where I'm more content to sit at home and watch it on TV. Now, if it's, it could be, you know, three weeks later, it could be, 15 degrees and just brutally wickedly cold someone has wisconsin tickets for sale i'm buying the tickets and i'm going to lincoln to watch nebraska wisconsin you know it's all about you know the value that you see in it i was at the game in chicago last year between us and northwestern no one was on their phones you know it was a say what you want about us coming in that game at 0-5 but it was a big name team going into ryan field you know, people were engaged. It was a great game. It's just an old man yelling at a cloud. Pat Fitzgerald's 44 going on 74. So you think this is uh let's blame the millennials crap. Yeah, I do. You know, and it's, it's shocking that Frost and Fitzgerald are roughly the same age and they just have a completely different mindset on things. That's true. Fitzgerald brought up that he was out at dinner and people were looking at their phones. I guess when I think of that, I think... That's one of the things that irritates me when I hear people going, oh, on your phone again. Phones are a big part of society now. You know, like, we're reaching the point that they're such a central part of our lives that social etiquette might actually start changing a little bit to adapt with the times. Well, I was kind of lost without connectivity. It was... I spent part of Saturday literally trying to figure out where I could go to get literally get a signal don't buy at&t apparently if you're in nebraska but it's, uh, it's not much better i would say i would say let's look at nebraska's home schedule to start the season you got south alabama at home northern illinois at home i know that nebraska doesn't have this attendance problem we all know that you know the sellout well, pe- streak people but always go to season openers. but well, you know south alabama is a you know, quote unquote crap game, but it's the season opener. That's the Super Bowl in and of itself because the season opener. But like, and then Northern Illinois, you know, to the casual fan, they might kind of not want to go to that one. But to the us maladjusted diehards, you know, we're still thinking about when they beat us 21 17 on one of the darkest days, you know, for Husker football. Well, it was also. One of the brighter days for Husker football because it was promptly after that game that Sean Eichhorst was relieved of duties. And I don't say that to, you know, like a, a pee on the man's grave or anything like that, but it ushered in the era in which we were at. You know, he, he was out. You know, a, a few weeks later, Bill Moose was hired in. Uh, at the end of the season, Mike Riley was out, and before long, Scott Frost was in. So a lot's happened in the two years since the last time that Nebraska met Northern Illinois. Uh, it was, like you said, Hoss, one of the darkest you know, days, singular days in Husker football history. But from, uh, from the ashes rose the phoenix, as they say. I remember going to a bar after that game with some friends and sitting at Addie's on 204th street, right by Elkhorn South high school. That was like being at a funeral wake. I remember, I think I was watching like Alabama and Vanderbilt and it was just, Oh man, it was fucking depressing sitting in that bar. Well, and you mentioned Scott Frost, Greg, I did. You know he's our head coach. I, I figure it's yeah. good to mention him from yeah. time to time. Yeah, a lot of people forget that. 
I, uh, I there was a piece of news that apparently he gets a lot of presents from fans. He gets like clothes for his oh, kids, and I'm sure they they're stuff that people want his kids to wear in public so they can sell stuff or something. Uh, but he mentioned that someone sent him a 22 year old pair of used boxer shorts with a note from the guy saying these were the shorts I was wearing on the day we beat Missouri in 97. But, I mean, I <laughs> first of all, you could grab any, you know, pair of plaid see, boxer shorts uh, you know, off the off the Walmart shelf or, or wherever you get your your boxer shorts. I'm and and Put that I just hope they were cleaned first. Like I just hope they were washed at some point. He in the made last the point that it was clear they were used. I mean, I could say, yeah, okay, used is one thing. Clean or, or, or you know, soiled is is another. You know. How about we just don't send our undergarments to anybody else? You know? Did you know when eBay was first? <laughs> literally, do you remember when eBay first came online? Vaguely. Okay, well, there there was a list of things that you were not allowed to sell on eBay, and it, it would, I mean now everybody eBay's been around for years. People buy stuff on eBay all the time, but at that time, the list included uh, like firearms, you know, weapons, right? Really, and soiled underwear. Like they had to list that. Well, here's the thing, and and, and yeah, there are a lot of weirdos out there. Don't I, I guess, once, man, that's I just, once worked uh, with a guy at Enterprise. Who would pay strippers at an Omaha strip club fifty to two hundred dollars, depending on how much money they wanted for their used underwear? And, and then so, you put them in Ziploc bags and put them in his closet. Yeah. What? I, mean, I wish I was making this up. It's there. There is, and, and again, don't ask me how I know. It, it's not through anything that I've, you know, done personally, anything like that. But there's big business in that from. Uh, you know, uh, you know, porn stars and things like that. They'll, or, or how do how do I put this? Uh, you know, past stars who you know, whose you know, spotlight has faded over the years. You know, um, as ridiculous as it sounds, and I I only know of this through some of the wrestling podcasts that I listen to. But you know, some. I don't want to call them divas, but quote unquote, you know, uh, uh, former valets or whatever, you know, in the professional wrestling world from like the eighties and nineties who, you know, their, their careers on television, they're, they're not getting called by Vince McMahon or anything like that. So they have, you know, their websites and things like that where they charge or, you know, for 20 bucks, you can Skype them for 20 minutes or whatever that is, you know, and, and, uh, and, and get your jollies and then they'll send you, uh, Garments in the mail. It's, okay, it's, I'm glad I brought this son of a bitch up. <laughs> it's part of the news because we went way more into that than I expected. I'm just saying. I wonder what the ratio of people with good social skills with women and people with bad social skills with women are on the people who pay to Skype with them. I'd say high high ratio of poor social skills to good social skills. Yeah, because I mean, uh, if you have any decent social skills, you wouldn't be dropping coin to get uh, some fifty-five-year-old's underwear. Just a guess on the age. I don't know. Yeah, nothing, nothing specific. I think there are some people out there who need some serious cognitive behavioral therapy. Agreed. Like this guy that sent this stuff to Scott Frost. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bob and Brainerd. What are you doing, man? <laughs> okay, what else we got? Um, <laughs> Cam Jurgens is probably going to be out. Greg Austin did not sound very optimistic on Sports Nightly talking about Cam Jurgens at center. There was a lot of undertones on health issues, possibly another foot injury. And uh, he mentioned Ethan Piper, Will Farniak. Hunter Miller and AJ Forbes as guys who are working at center. Okay. You got Will Farniak has experienced who out of that. That's it, right? I'd probably say Will, Will Farniak. I know that he was impressing people in fall camp last year 
as a true freshman, very undersized true freshman at the center in practice. And that's a kid who's played center from the time he was, you know, eight years old. And with another offseason working with Zach Duvall, I think that that might be his job for the taking if Cam Jurgens can't go. I love the kind of athlete that Ethan Piper is. Um, he was actually, he had an offer from Iowa to play O-line for them before we came in with an offer. And much as I detest everything Iowa, they do know O-line play, so I got to give a slight tip of the hat to the Ferentz family. Okay, Ethan Piper is a true freshman. Yeah, from Norfolk. He's crazy athletic, very explosive. So if he can grasp blocking schemes and making calls and pass protection, um, you know, never know. Might surprise some people, but I think it'll be Will Farniak if Cam Jurgens can't go. And, well, let, let's think about the reaction uh, in, in Husker – nation if it was someone like Ethan Piper again freshman home state you know I say hometown but you know he, he's he, he's a Nebraska kid he would have Husker fans creaming in their underwear and then they probably turn around and sell them on the internet oh my god they're 22 year old pairs of boxers that's right and then they turn around and sell them online my attitude starting send them to Scott turn- Frost my attitude toward us starting any kind of freshman on an offensive line is that he'd better be the next coming of Dave Remington or our recruiting is not doing well or our depth is really poor or our strength program sucks. Because, I mean, literally, if you're starting a true freshman, that means there's well, nobody gonna, else above him. It's going to be another year to maybe two seasons before the recruiting issues, the holes that were left behind by Mike, Mike Kavanaugh are properly sealed. Um, just, just, he whiffed on a lot of guys. A lot of guys haven't panned out. And so we're, we're still at the point where it's a little bit indicative of recruiting. And the previous staff treated the center position like an afterthought. You know, they, they filled that spot with, you know, spare parts and cast offs basically. You got to be able to recruit a dyed in the wool center or a guy who is a phenomenal athlete that will make a great center. Uh, going back to Ethan Piper real quick, I just you know on his uh, Twitter from June twentieth, uh, he retweeted something from Zach Duvall, and it says power output training on our light squat day, uh, and you have. Ethan Piper squatting 495 pounds five times and making it look easy. Now, maybe that's light duty for, you know, a Division One college football lineman. I don't know. I'm pretty impressed by it because he's, you know, uh, Damian Jackson's there in case, you know, as, as a spotter, but he's not really needed. I'm just really impressed by it. Rep max is about 707. That's some impressive stuff. Uh, that's pretty damn impressive for a uh, 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid. So I, a, a tremendous amount of, of power and athleticism. Um, you, you know, if it's Cam Jurgens when he comes back from injury or Matt Farniak or Ethan Piper, I mean, you, it, it seems like there's actually possibly some depth. And I think that's one of the things that, that the Huskers have been lacking on, on the offensive line in in recent years is depth up front. And, and uh, I mean, just the fact that we ha- know more than one name, you know, Cam Jurgens is out. Okay, well, Matt Farniak's possibility, Ethan Piper. Mm-hmm. It's, there, there are options. It's not like, oh, crap, we have to move our starting guard over, you know, be, because which, that's the best option we've got. Which last year, Tanner Farmer moving to center after – Cole Conrad's injury against Purdue, that should have – Tanner Farmer should have been the starter at center from day one. Sure, I, I'm not, I'm not disputing that. Farmer was playing at a pretty good level as a center. People always want to talk about, oh, I wish we had Stan another year. I've been saying, oh, I wish we had Divine for another year. I wish we had Tanner Farmer for another year. I mean, that he he held down the center position pretty well down the stretch last year. We've talked about it in the past, but refresh my memory. As far as returning 
I, I want to say starters, but let's just kind of go with returning experience on the offensive line. You got Will Farniak. Matt Farniak's the right. older brother. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Matt Farniak. Um, and, and then – Bo Wilson. Okay, Bo Wilson on the right side. Yeah, and then Trent Hickson right. will be stepping in at left guard to replace Gerald Foster, and everyone – has been very high on Trent Hickson since he's been in the program. He went to Omaha Scott. He was coached by Matt Verzal. And um, but he he's not he's not coming back with really any experience because Foster. No, he's pretty he's inexperienced. The the potential's there, but he's inexperienced. Then you got Brandon Hymas Brent, yeah. at left tackle who had you know a phenomenal you know he really had a quietly phenomenal year last year, and then he stepped in as a true freshman seventeen very well at right okay. tackle. So you got to you get the center position fixed, and you know we could be in really good shape. I wouldn't be opposed to moving Bo Wilson to center either, because he played center in high school for. Um, oh, where's he from? Lee, he's from Lee Summit, Missouri, and his dad or not his dad. His high school coach was the dad of Evan Bain, who was an All American center at Mizzou and now plays for the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, his coach was saying that Bo Wilson as a center was on the order of Evan Bain. And so if you want to put Bo Wilson at center, a guy who's been through the Big Ten trench warfare, and then you put a more inexperienced guy at guard, which would probably be the better thing, if you know, rather than having an inexperienced center, I think that would be the way to go. Um, you know, you get Will Farniak in there at guard. You get him used to Big Ten trench warfare, and you roll from there. Maybe you readdress it in 2020, or maybe you just keep Bo Wilson at center in 2020. Because regardless of who we plug in at center or right guard, if Bo Wilson moves to center, we're going to return all five starters for 2020. It's been a damn long time since we've been able to say that. And oh, wow, that is true. And Actually, then- we return everybody on offense in 2020. We don't lose a single starter. Uh, from 19 to 20. And that is specifically, I don't want to say, but yeah, let's go specifically on the, uh, on the offensive line. I mean, getting five guys to return and, you know, assuming that, you know, injuries, attrition, things like that, but that's how you lay a foundation. You build a dominant O-line. That's what I'm saying. You know, that's how you get the quote unquote return of the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And you know what would be a great scenario this fall for us? That Bryce Benhart's ready to roll. You know, he's a day one guy. You can put him at right tackle. You know, I was like kind of grooming offensive tackles starting at the right side. And then as they progress and guys graduate, you move them over to the left. But if you can put Bryce Benhart at right tackle and you can put Matt Farniak at right guard and then, you know, you can put Bo Wilson at center. That would be like the winning lottery ticket, you know? Well, let's talk a little bit. Since we've been spending a lot of time talking about the offensive line, let's keep it going real quick. Uh, another position change that we heard about last weekend uh, was Brant Banks, and this is one, Hoss, that you sort of you know saw in the tea leaves, uh, but he's mm-hmm. switching from the defensive line to the offensive line. Uh, you know, big, tall, Frame six seven three hundred pounds. You freshman from Houston. Uh, is it is it just that they're comfortable on the defensive side of the ball? Like, why are we seeing so many guys switching from the defensive side to the offensive side? Is it uh, talk me through that? Well, the first part is we're we're a little thinner on the O line. You know, we we've developed some quality depth in the past year year and a half, but we're still thin. Uh, his frame, though, 6'7", I think he's up to about 3'10 now. That's more of an offensive tackle than a defensive lineman, especially in Chenander's scheme where those DNs who line up on the inside shoulder, the offensive tackle, that 4-I technique spot, those guys are typically going to be a little bit squattier than 6'7". Those guys, are, you probably don't want them much over 6'4", 6'5", just because they're still dealing with guards you know, and you got to really deal with, you know, having good leverage with that position. And a guy like who's six, seven, you know, he's 
got a natural tendency to be more of a waist bender than a knee bender. So that, that's a natural switch for him. I think he could be a really good offensive tackle. I mean, anyone who's played Texas high school football in a place like Houston, you know, has played some pretty quality competition is used to big time football. I think I'd say I'd say it's because this team is built to score. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to. Our defense will be improved this year, but we're gonna have to outscore some people. And like everyone, technically. <laughs> now, uh, John, when you say that, yeah, Purdue game might end up being a sixty-two fifty-five ball game. John, when I don't you, even have high blood pressure, and that'll be bad for my blood pressure. When 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 you talk about you know this being a team that is going to be you know offensively moving up up the field a lot i mean could it be that you're just trying to get a lot of bodies a lot of able bodies capable bodies on that offensive line just to help spell guys uh you know so nobody's getting gassed you know hopefully you know obviously hopefully the offense is on the field a lot and and their productive minutes and the defense gets off the field quickly but you know you know you, you don't not that you can't run five guys out there the same five guys out there every time but i mean you're gonna want some other big hosses who are comfortable and so you're not it seems like under mike riley we had a a situation where it was a lot of like and hoss you made mention of it how the offensive line in the center was kind of an afterthought but much to that effect if you know you, you lost a starting guard or something like that then you're trying to you know fill gaps rather than having a plan having guys you know can step into that position i i agree with you you gotta have guys who have some game experience but i don't think right now that we're at a point where we can allow us allow ourselves to spell guys on the offensive line um that's a position that needs so many repetitions for guys to be comfortable and confident in what they're doing and carry out their assignment that you want to keep that the same five on the field as much as possible, maybe with a swing guy who can go in at both guard spots on occasion, you know, rotate in and three series or so. Well, who's uh, the one guy on the team that if we lose him, the season looks a lot dimmer. Adrian Martinez. Hymas. Oh, Oh, it's Adrian Martinez. I know you're oh, sticking with the offensive line stuff, but it's literally, come on. You got a Heisman yeah, trophy. That's potential weird. Candidate. You need to protect and it. All, and yet it all starts up front. It does. And if we lost Brendan Hymas and we had to trot out Christian Gaylord at left tackle, uh, I probably wouldn't be very confident about our offense. Well, we'd be going right all the time. Yeah. Well, if that happened, I think you'd see us probably put Matt Farniak over at left tackle and plug in uh, Bryce Benhart at right tackle. On the other side, let me double check our time, see how we're doing. Uh, okay, real quick on the other side of uh, the ball up front, you know, in that that three four defense, it seems like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's going to be a lot of a lot of brotherly duty between the Daniels brothers and the Davis boys. Am I right? The Daniels, Daniels, Davis, and Davis law firm. That's right. Uh, it is, and you know, I like the amount of bodies that we have up front. At this point, I'm still kind of on the fence about do we have quality depth or do we just have a bunch of guys right because and i think again i think the d line is going to be better Um, but at this point i'm just kind of like i want to see what our you know the first string guys can do before we start talking about quality depth rotating in well that's fair i just i think ben still is gonna have himself one hell of a year I can't wait to talk. I hope so. Cannot, hope so. Cannot wait to talk more about him in the weeks to come and in uh, that linebacking core. Uh, of course, Muhammad Barry was uh, recognized uh, this past week uh, or or uh, on a watch list, I should say. And again, it's July, so you know if you if you played football in 2018, you're on some 2019 watch list. I get it. Um, but, uh, he, well, except that there were no out. Nebraska linemen on there. Somewhere. What, there, were ze- there were zero Nebraska linemen on any watch list. Well, that makes me no, sad. that's harsh, but it's fair. Zero. I was saying, Greg, that we're probably on a watch list somewhere. 
Yeah, we're on some kind of watch list. <laughs> you are after this episode, <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> well, we'll, t- we'll take a time out when we come back. Uh, more Huskers in the news. Not necessarily for the good reasons. And Northern Illinois. It's coming up week three. And the conversation, the previews coming up next. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. There's no see a little peek behind the, a little peek behind the curtain. You just came back from hearing about sixty seconds worth of commercials or promos for other great shows here on the SB Nation Podcast Network. But after I said we'll be back, I, I I go quiet for about five seconds. But it's never the same amount of time. Sometimes it's three. Sometimes it's ten. Sometimes we all get up, get a drink of water, get another beer, whatever it is. But this time I just came back. And that's why John laughs, because he never knows exactly when I'm going to come back to the show. But welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko here, along with Hoss Reuter and John Dam Johnston. Uh, Miles Farmer, the latest Husker uh, to get uh, popped for possession of <sighs> something he shouldn't Marijuana. Have. The marijuana. The uh, weed. The, the wacky weed, yeah. Um, I got no issue with it. No, it's fine. What is? Let me ask you this. Maybe get our, our tinfoil hats on. What is the reason that so many Husker players are getting popped for it? Is it? Do you think some, there's a goddamn snitch in the dorm halls? <laughs> well, no. But I saw this. I don't know if I saw it in Slack or on Twitter or what. But there's might be a theory going around, or maybe I'm just taking two or three words that I saw thrown together and, and running with it. I might be, I'm crazy. Uh, but you know that it's it, the, it's Scott Frost trying to get these guys attention saying, Hey, look, you're going to get in trouble for it. We're not going to necessarily protect you in, in that regard. We're not going to try to sweep it under the rug. If it happens, it happens. And there, there will be, inter-team consequences. Do you think anything like that? Or do you think do you think that anybody calls over to one Memorial Drive and says, hey, Scott, we got this situation here. And he's like, nope, get him. Cite him, whatever you got to do. Uh, or, or do you think that I'm just going way too into the woods? You know, I can totally see it. I mean, he preaches personal accountability a lot. And if, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to play any game, so to speak, you got to deal with the consequences. And so I could see it being like, yeah, you know, if you do it, you know, that's on you. And you're going to face internal punishment. You're going to face any legal charges that stem from it. Um, Guys just need to be smarter. Don't do it in your dorm room. You can't tell me that there's not some or a good number of older players on the team who live off campus who you can't go over there and light up with them. Just don't do it in your dorm room. You campus police, they're gonna do everything they can to bust a football player. Be smart. Don't be stupid. I, good. Okay, so I've full disclosure. College athletes, college athletes love marijuana. Like they prefer, you know, by and large, college athletes prefer to smoke rather than go out drinking. And so, and honestly, if you're a coach, you'd rather have them smoking than drinking, just from the impact that it has on the body. And so, yeah, it's illegal. It's banned in the state of Nebraska. It's still banned by the NCAA. Um, the stigma against it is rapidly falling by the wayside. But still, it's, it's the know, equivalent of getting a speeding ticket. Yeah, exactly. Except, I don't know. There's some people in the state who they hear marijuana and they think suddenly, you know, you're like those kids at Cal Berkeley who were. Tripping LSD with Timothy Leary. Reefer Madness would be the reference. Yeah. Oh, God. I had to watch that for a history class one time. That was, <laughs> well, there you go. I was sitting there. I was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Just be smart. Go for a walk around a lake. Go to Holmes Lake. Go to Yankee Hill. Walk around. Blaze up. Just don't do it in your dorm room. And don't. Don't drive with no front plate and a suspended license and, <laughs> you know, have a marijuana time. Please, don't. There is a certain before. level of dumbness about this. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, that, it's just that's, like, that's oh. what I'm concerned about. You keep doing the same things over and over and and then wonder why you show up in the newspaper. And I'm sure they're like, oh, this isn't fair. Well, <laughs> screw it's you. Like, it's just Life like people, ain't fair. it's just like people who mule drugs across state lines. If that's your line of work, if that's how you make money, once you make sure that, you know, all your headlights, taillights and blinkers work and, you know, you got the cruise set right at the speed limit, you're chilling in the right lane, you're not doing anything stupid, you know, I mean, come on. We have dead air. One it's dead other, air. <laughs> one other uh, note, and uh, I, I can't remember it's already how quickly uh, it's out of my brain as he's uh, transferring. Who who was it that left the team this week? Cam? Guy Thomas? Guy Thomas. Well, Tom. he's been gone for a long time. Okay. He left back in January. Oh, and then, yeah, and then Miles. He went to Coatumba Community College down in Mississippi. And without playing a single, really a single snap at Nebraska, and without playing a single snap at Juco ball, old Mel Tucker signs him. You gotcha. know, I, okay. I almost think that's a uh, – Signing of convenience. All right, so it's not it, it, maybe to see if he has a little intel on uh, Eric Chenander's defensive scheme and terminology. So Miles Farmer was wasn't that it? Miles Farmer got popped for weed. Oh, that's right. God, I'm losing it. I was already going into that. I was already thinking about Northern Illinois. Guy Thomas could have been a really, really, really good pass rusher, but he just he struggled with coverage. Like the coverages as a weak side linebacker, and you know, and at the end of the day, if he doesn't want to be here, go find somewhere else. So the the news the the tweet that came down, he was quote unquote committed, wasn't. I mean, it was not new news that he was not on the team anymore. It was new news where he was landing, essentially. Yes. Okay. Apparently, I missed part of the, you know, other aspect. Of it. All right. So we also, I think, we also find out about Maurice Washington. I mean. If you're listening to this on Friday, we're talking about the day before on Thursday, but we're recording this on Wednesday. But on Thursday, he has a plea hearing. And then, uh, so it's going to go on for another couple months. Well, I read that article from the World Herald that said the prosecutor in Santa Clara County said this could go on for at least another month and. Right. That kind of sounds like a fairly ambitious prosecutor uh, wanting to drum up publicity. That's neither here nor there. I don't get well, access we'll to that one. I'm not a uh, subscriber of the Omaha World Herald and uh, got to be a digital subscriber to read that particular. Just go in incognito mode. I don't even know how to do that. Ooh, tell me, tell me, tell me and the listeners this workaround. I'll just set your browser to private on your phone and then click on the link and it should pop up. I don't even know how to do that, but we're going to have a talk off air. You're going to smart me up. But you've never hit anything from your wife or anything? (laughs) No. (laughs) You're such a sweet guy. Oh, God. All right. Okay. uh, Northern Illinois is going to be coming to town uh, the third week of the season. By my calculation, that's September 14th. And uh, seven o'clock, seven o'clock, nice uh, early start. Get the coffee, get up at four because uh, you're that seven o'clock a.m. kickoff is brutal. I don't know why they decided to do that to us. Oh, did you mean p.m., Hoss? Yes, yes, I did. I'm just kidding, even though if there was ever a 7 a.m. kickoff, I think that would be a pretty damn good time. It'd be interesting. Uh, well, you get I, up at like get up at like 3.30 in the morning, put the coffee on by about 4.45, switching over to, you know, Coors Banquet and Orange Juice. Yeah, that'd be fun. What, uh, I when Notre Dame goes over and plays like in Ireland or, you know, when, when they play that one trip across the pond, that's usually what, I guess, maybe a 3 o'clock kickoff local time and I guess 9 o'clock for for us in the, in the central time zone, because I, I know it's a six-hour time difference, give or take, but but isn't that yeah, about? Yeah, I think that's about right. All right, I mean, so that's about as early as you were going to get, I think, kickoff-wise, unless they decide. I remember, to... 
I remember last year when it looked like we were going to play Akron at 10.30 in the morning on Sunday. I was like, fuck, yeah, this would be, this would be fun. It would be... Uh... I wouldn't be going to the grocery store after church. I think I'd be coming straight home if it was a ten thirty Sunday kickoff. That's all I'm. And I mean, I, I'm also the guy who loves eleven a.m. kickoffs. Though you wake up and football's on. I mean, well, unless you're me, you're still get, waking up at like seven a.m. on a Saturday morning. Yeah, but you know, some you of don't us have long to wait. Seven some of us have kids. Kind of drive nuts sometimes. Some of us have kids, Hoss. We don't get to sleep in on Saturdays. All right. Sleeping in for me is like 7 a.m., with the exception yeah. of last Saturday when you texted me and you had been up for like 10 hours already. I texted you at 9.30. It's not the end of the world. I thought you texted me at like 5.45 in the morning, actually. Or no, uh, you told me you had been up since 5.45. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd been awake for a long time. That was the latest I had slept in in probably a couple of years. I texted you at 9.30. Yeah, and I woke up like five minutes later. And it was it was podcast slash work related, so you're welcome. Yeah, I thought you were going to be like, dude, you were right. Chicago is the greatest city in the world. Me and the missus are moving here. Never even got to Chicago. We were in Schaumburg. And, uh, oh, it's it's a, the greater Chicago land area. Right. Yeah, that's Chicago-ish. Yeah, I, I don't say, like, if I'm in Bellevue, <clears throat> I don't say, oh, I'm in Bellevue. I'm, I'm in Omaha. Sorry Can- to all our listeners in Bellevue. Can I, uh, real quick, before we, since we're talking about Northern Illinois, and since I was in Northern Illinois uh, <laughs> last weekend, can I give a shout out to uh, any? We always make the joke about the best thing to come out of Iowa is I 80. Well, if you're on I 80, you want to go south. I couldn't tell you the exit, but you want the Utica, U T I C A exit, uh, go south a few miles. You're going to come to a place that's really awesome. We spent uh, the night there Saturday night. It's called Grizzly Jack's Grand Bear Resort. It's got an indoor water park, which my son loved. Uh, it's kind of set up like a uh, kind of like a cabin type feel. Uh, the room we had, you know, it's all kind of rustic furniture. Uh, a lot of you know, like like log, like you know, headboards and things like that. It was a bunk bed in there. My son loved. Uh, that was, you know, logs, you know, made out of logs. Not, I mean, had a mattress, so it wasn't like he was laying on log. Anyway, uh, but they've got like an ice cream. Of, uh, was the whole place made out of Lincoln logs? No, uh, but it kind of looks like it. Um, but it's got an ice cream shop Land inside. Hmm? Land of Lincoln. The only in the land of Lincoln. Uh, it's got an ice cream shop inside, a real nice restaurant with a Sunday morning uh, breakfast buffet. I'm just saying. <laughs> If uh, if you have to be in Northern Illinois, you can do worse than going to Grizzly Jack's Grand Bear Resort. Not a paid sponsor, but uh, we had a real good time up there. So they have pictures of Mike Ditka and Buddy Ryan everywhere. No, but we did see a Ditka's restaurant in uh, the Schaumburg area. So oh, he has one over there too. I'm guessing. I'm pretty sure that's what the sign said, Hoss. Do we want to talk no, about I, Northern Illinois? I, I ate at the whatever? one in downtown Chicago. Yeah, it was good. Get the fridge burger. Now, yep, Ditka's Schaumburg. Right there on, uh, it's two Mid-America Plaza, Oak Brook Terrace, technically, but it's Schaumburg for all intents and purposes. Uh, Northern Illinois, the uh, mighty Huskies are coming back to Nebraska on in week three. Yes, uh, no Tanner Lee to throw interceptions all game long. Um, it's going to be a much different, I mean, obviously much different. Uh, Their look head coach to, is gone, too. But there, there's been a lot of, uh, uh, you know, changes. Change-ups. They don't have Sutton Smith anymore. Or Deshaun, Lur- Deshaun Lurie. Or Jordan Lynch. Or who was that little running back they had years ago? He played for the played for somebody in the NFL. I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. Garrett something. He wasn't there two years ago. No, he wasn't. I'm talking like 2003. Jordan Lynch also predated when we played them two years ago. Well, that's fine. You know what's weird about that game two years ago? You besides all the pick sixes. Our, when we got back into that game, 
And I think we were down like 14 to 10, maybe. And we were starting to show some signs of life. Defense had only given up like 85 yards to Northern Illinois all day. And then Northern Illinois goes on a back-breaking like 75-yard drive. It was a taste of things to come under Bob Diaco. Yeah, you're bringing back a lot of pain. We're trying to look forward into the future. Thanks a lot. Well, you know, you got to study your enemy. You have to know past precedents. They've got a 1,000-yard rusher coming back, Trey Harbison. Uh, he's a second-team All-Mac uh, last year. They also have a former Husker commit. I didn't know, uh, know or remember this. Spencer Tears, uh, who's a senior uh, wide receiver. He's a two-year starter. And they caught 40 passes and four touchdowns last year. I mean, I seem, you know, like a, a production. Much, it is production. He was uh, had a big uh, turnout in the MAC championship game. Come to find out, um, Husker Mike calls him a key weapon in the Northern Illinois passing game. And again, you can read all about it. Coronation.com. Just do what I did and search for Northern Illinois. It's going to be your top hit because it's the most recent thing we've all ever discussed uh, regarding Northern Illinois. So. Back on July third. Remember, tears being committed here, back in fourteen, at all. Let's see here. I'm going to open up the link that Mike has generously provided. That means he would have been a. Fr- it was fall of fourteen that he's committed. Would have been a freshman fifteen, sophomore in sixteen. So here you go, June four, twenty fourteen. Uh, our very own Brian Toll uh, posted that. Spencer Tears decommits from Nebraska. The Illinois wide receiver acts just a few days after uh, Demare Stringfellow's transfer announcement. Oh, it was probably because I was pissed about Stringfellow. Yep. So That's uh, still makes me mad. HL Richards High School in Oaklawn, Illinois, and he uh, he he tweeted succinctly on June fourth, twenty fourteen, quote decommitting from Nebraska. Well, you know. Why use more words when less will do? I learned in broadcasting school, you never know by listening to me now, but I learned in broadcast school that brevity is the soul of wit. I remember my first year back in college, back in 2015, I was typing a paper, and I asked my dad to read over it, and uh, he said the exact same thing. He's like, yeah, you're trying to do too much. Brevity is the soul of wit. Your dad's a smart man. Yeah, I mean, lots more five than last year. I'm, I'm just a meathead. So what do you guys actually think about this game? Pain. You think so? No, I want to kick their ass. Pain for well, them. Of course, of course we do, because, you know, I mean, two pick sixes, I just said not go back in the past. But, yeah, plus it's a MAC team. And, I mean, we don't want to lose to a MAC team if we're supposed to have any kind of contention hope. I think that now we are in a, a our quarterback is you know much better at making good decisions and much better at not making bad decisions if that makes sense. Um, I have, we're not a program that's just a social media paper tiger house of cards. That was very good. It's the truth. I mean, we're a social media paper tiger. Props to like Kelly Mosier and all those guys, you know and the university for pumping that content out in the 2017 off season and summer. But my Lord, like we were, we were the definition of fraudulent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. No, no easy way to say it. I think this this is a game that I, I expect Northern Illinois to come into Lincoln strapped up and ready to play. And this is a game where we just need to rely on superior athletes and, just get after him. I mean, it, it, it. I could see it being like a 38-17 kind of game. I could see it being out of reach midway through the second quarter. Oh, that'd be ideal. Just, you know, a lot of these guys on the team, they were, you know, freshmen or sophomores in 17. Yep. And just, you know, you can't forget about that. When you're playing a team, again, that embarrassed you, not so much by the score, but just by the overall shock of losing a game like that and you get embarrassed, you shouldn't need any motivation. 
to be ready to play these guys. I Hell, mean, we went four and eight two years in a row. We shouldn't need motivation to play anybody. You, you think that like J.D. Spielman or DiCaprio Boodle or Lamar Jackson or uh, uh, I don't know uh, any any of do, do you think Muhammad Barry? Do you think any of those guys forget? You know what happened? Uh, you know two years ago. I guarantee you they don't. And I think they're going to be. It, here's the thing: it's going to be a week after Colorado, so they're going to be pretty pumped up from being two and zero anyway. Uh, and and it's the week before the Big Ten season starts because I'll be at the game on the 21st against uh, Illinois. It's just it's going to be uh, Memorial Stadium is going to be rocking because again fans just watched them beat the crap out of Colorado seven days prior. It's just going to be a, a great environment. It's going to be great weather, and the Huskers are going to kick their ass. Yeah, time to get after it. Strap it up and, you know, get after somebody. That's I wish I could say these things, but I don't want to be hurt again. <laughs> That's right. John, if you want to, you can say it's time to strap it on and get after it. Oh well, that's a cliche. I just, you know, Northern <laughs> Illinois. I mean, they they've they've knocked off Power Five teams, you know, left and right. They have, and we learn the hard way that they can. We can't take them for granted. We, sh- you know, we should beat them. You know, I don't care if it's by one point or one hundred points. We need, you know, we should win this game. I don't want to win by just one. I want us to smash them in the ground, like Greg said, but. I just, I just, you know, what was it last week? I said we were going to be ten and two, and the world was going to be rosy or some damn thing. Yeah. Well, I go up and down like a yo-yo. Hey, you should just, you should just join the party of consistency of eight and four. That's probably true, but you know, I will say that this year, uh, more than any other I can think of, I don't think there's been nearly as much Kool Aid drinking. As in the past, I mean, when you look at, because I I look at our comments on our website or on social media, especially on social media on our Facebook page, and there are always such cheery comments on Facebook. Um, people are they're not into the hype. I mean, they're more of an approve it mode. They're more they they more comments about we were four and eight two years in a row. We need to see something before we, you know, just like I said earlier, I don't want to get hurt again. Oh, once bitten, twice shy. Yeah. You are a cliche master, man. <laughs> I know. I just got a list of them. Ticking them off like it's a bingo card. Well, let's uh, let, let's throw one more cliche uh, onto the pile uh, as far as this game goes, this matchup uh, with the Northern Illinois Huskies. Fool us once, shame on you. Fool us twice, shame on us, and I don't think we're going to be fooled twice. Uh, We're the the George W. Bush. We got a saying in Texas, and it's the same as Tennessee. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, well, can't get fooled again. (laughs) The the readers at Coronation uh, uh, tended to agree with the the poll or or with our sentiments at the end of the – article that Husker Mike threw up. What happens when Northern Illinois returns to face Nebraska? 10% said the Huskies collect another Power 5 pelt and make it two in a row over the Huskers. 19% said Northern Illinois has improved enough on offense, so it'll make this a competitive game, but the Huskers still get the win. An overwhelming 71% say this time it's the black shirts making the defensive noise. Huskers roll all over NIU. And I tend to agree with that one. So, uh, that that's as specific as a prediction as we're going to get. We'll save those obviously for game week uh, as we go. Anything else that you gentlemen have uh, for the Five Heart Podcast, the listeners this week? Well, I just when you said predictions, it reminded me of the time that John asked if I was high on the air <laughs> because I predicted the Northwestern game to go to overtime at thirty-one and we'd win forty-five thirty-eight. And John, I never brought this up to you. But the game went to overtime at 31. Hey, like I said, you know, like I said in a couple podcasts ago, this is why you make predictions. You make a lot of them. And you only bring up the ones in which you're right. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. 
which I'm looking forward to our I was thinking of that er, this earlier today thinking okay I got to record tonight you know I cannot wait for game week recording yeah I mean we're Those, we're with, these off season ones I love talking to you guys the off season ones get a little monotonous they get better this time of the year but uh oh game week ones are fun well it's a little bit over 30 days yeah all the, right. o- the only ones that sucked were the starting out 0-6 last year. And Greg, did we record the Saturday of the Troy game as well? Ah, uh, ooh, ooh, I'm not sure. I think we might have, and that one was pretty damn sad too. But it was more angry sad than that Minnesota one. I know at one point we stopped recording the day after the game because we just needed time to uh, decompress. Yeah, oh yeah, that was... That was not easy trying to put thoughts and words together into coherent statements while just still utterly shocked about that we were winless. Hey, when Nebraska plays in the Big Ten Championship this uh, December, we'll do a live – well, not live. We'll get together and record live from our hotel room after being in Indianapolis and watching it, Haas. I like it. I like it, That's right. John. You better reserve. You re- better reserve a block of rooms at Indianapolis's finest hotel. Yes, exactly. With my massive budget, I will. There you, you go. Know, we'll probably end up getting like a Motel Six. Hey, they'll leave the light on for you. Finest yeah, is a, uh, you know a Motel Six outside of Gary, Indiana. No, too far north. <laughs> Very far north. Um. So that'll be it. For this episode of the Five Heart Podcast, we sure do appreciate uh, uh, you listening. And uh, Haas is here. He's going to tell you where all you can find the Five Heart Podcast. Haas? Um, it's, it's, it's on the Skype. It's on the Skype chat. I just typed it to you. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, <laughs> Google Play, Podbean, and Spotify. And, more and you can find us on social media on Facebook and Twitter. And if some guy was better at using his phone, our Instagram account would explode. And John is open to people sending him used boxer shorts. Oh, he my God. For, no, no, no not really. Ask a Colorado game. By the way, uh, just so you, the listener, know, I have John's address. So if you want to send him uh, your laundry... Let me know. Slide into isn't my DMs. It, isn't it illegal to send something like that across state lines? Apparently not. Well, what's John's address? Is it like uh, blah, 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 blah. Is it like 42069 Hallway Sex Lane? Our motto is Blaze It. Minnesota. The, the best part about that is that the Hallway Sex Line... That we're laughing because we're here for it, but that's not in the show, so nobody else is going to get it. <laughs> well, Google it, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> uh, so that's it. We appreciate it. We, I've said that already. Uh, for myself, Greg Mahachko, for John Damn Johnston, for Haas Reuter, we remind you that this week and every week, let me try that again, we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red. Win the damn next 39 days. You guys have a, a favorite Indiana Jones movie? Last Crusade. John? A favorite Indiana? Oh, my God, I don't. I, you keep, you're supposed to prepare me for these things. Remember, I keep telling you my movie memory is just, like, gone. Okay, I was just asking. Just didn't know if you had a favorite. That's all. I know. I don't remember. I guess the first one. Okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think. Yeah, there you go. Is that it? Yes. I think that's my favorite too. But Last Crusades, it's like 1A and 1B. And Last Crusades, like the 1B. And then Temple of Doom. And Crystal Skull, I'm not sure about Crystal Skull at all. Uh, And the new one. That one was kind of dumb. And they're making a new one with uh, Harrison Ford. Because I guess he said that only he can be Indiana Jones. And that'll be real interesting when he dies, and they'll still want to make Indiana Jones movies because they make a lot of money at the box office. So who knows? Indiana Jones and the Bingo Night for Mal. 
<laughs> and the geriatric wing. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the geriatric souls. I tell you what, on the way to this charity event, I, I stopped at Harris. 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 Yeah, because well, I knew I knew that they'd have Wi-Fi, and I, you know, they'd have a buffet. Okay. Hey, and, and of course they on. had they had Wi-Fi and they had a buffet. And uh, I went in and ate at the buffet, and my God, everything tasted like salt. I don't know why I brought that up. Last uh, time I was at a casino, some friends and I went out to eat, and then we we were hitting the town pretty hard in terms of beer consumption. We had this grand idea of, let's go to the fucking casino. So we went over to Harrah's at like 1.30 in the morning, and I lost 20 bucks on a couple of hands of blackjack and just called it quits and just followed my friends around as they were gambling. Sat down some slots, and there was this old guy with a walker, an oxygen tank, and a surgical mask playing the slots at about 2 in the morning. Took everything I had not to walk over to him and just be like, what decisions did you make in your life led you to this point so I can avoid every single one of them? Well, what if one of them was make shitloads of money and not know what to do with it? I'd probably be like, okay, where do I sign? (laughs) I think I think the last time that I went to a casino uh, was for my buddy's uh, uh, bachelor party, which it's not the ideal place to go for a bachelor party. But uh, I'd been playing some Texas Hold'em in, in small groups and had been doing pretty good. So I thought, well, I'm going to go play some Texas Hold'em. It's a $60 buy-in. I just happened to have 60 bucks on me that night. So I went in, and about 40 minutes later, I walked out with no money. But I won one hand with uh, a full house. And then I just watched my buddies play blackjack and roulette the rest of the night. I learned a valuable lesson that me and casinos don't need to be simpatico. So, yeah, not ideal. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. <laughs> <laughs>